training teachers and early careers teachers on SEN, trying to plan, deliver lessons to a variety of different um, needs in your class and students with the AL. Now, as a mainstream turned SEN teacher, I'm learning myself. Even though I've got 13 years, 14 years now experience of teaching. Um, so I'll be producing more content on SEN supporting trainers and early careers teachers out there on how to plan deliver lessons to SEN students as well as students with the AL. Um, so let me give you a bit of content context. It's been my first year so far um, being a SEN class teacher in an SEN provision, SEN school. Um, and I work in a through school, so we have primary all the way through to secondary. Um, and teachers can be placed in any phase from little kids to the older secondary students. Um, but I was placed at the post-16 satellite, teaching students who were completing a variety of different, of different accreditation, different vocational courses, as well as functional skills, maths and English, from entry level one, to all the way up to level two. Um, so, and students with profound learning needs. Um, so I went from a mainstream PE teacher, secondary school PE teacher, who taught PE, core PE to year seven, all the way to sixth form, um, as well as vocational courses, for year 10, 11, 12 and 13 over the years, to an SEN class teacher teaching maths and English, <laughs> and all these other different courses, accreditations, centres, ASDAN, functional skills, um, that I didn't have any experience in and wasn't aware of before, prior to actually um, moving to SEN. So, I felt scared. I was really scared um, before I started. I was doing a lot of research because I started just after Easter last year, um, 2022. So I did a lot of research over these holidays, um, trying to teach myself um, functional skills, math and English specifically, because that is what my timetable was as soon as I went and started in April. I didn't have to teach any accreditations then. So I was very scared, I was anxious. Um, when I Even when I started teaching, um, even the first six months in September, October um, of 2022, I still didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel like I was a good enough teacher. Um, I felt like I was training all over again. I felt like I was right back to the start 13 years later. Um, 13 years ago, even 14 years ago now. Um, because I didn't feel like I had enough experience or knowledge in trying to deliver lessons to a wide range of needs and having to keep in mind all these different needs as well as triggers and behaviour. So, uh, yeah, I felt like I was training all over again. I didn't feel like an experienced teacher at the time. Um, but what I learned quickly <laughs> was that I need to learn the abbreviations. There are so many abbreviations that um, are out there and that teachers use in an SEM setting that I, I was hearing all these abbreviations. I didn't know what anyone was talking about. Um, and at the start, I was a bit worried about asking, um, which was silly because I was in a new situation I'd never been in before. Um, so don't be afraid to ask. If a member of staff using the abbreviation Ask them what that stands for, ask them what it means, because that's the quickest way you're going to learn. Sign language. So at our school, our staff uses something called Makaton. Um, and I was seeing a lot of staff using sign language and not understanding what they were saying. Um, and obviously it's important in an SEM provision to use um, what would students with profound, profound needs, to use sign language, um, as well as words. So signing as you're speaking. And I'm still trying to learn now. I know a few things. I know it's been a year, but I know a few things. Um, so I'm still learning as I work at the satellite minute, post-16 satellite, um, when students, um, yes, they do have severe needs, um, but staff don't sign as much with the students um, because they're able to understand a lot more. So engross yourself in sign language. 
Um, we all school uses sign language to support the students, engross yourself in it, learn, ask questions, practice every day. Um, so that's something I didn't do, and I regret that massively now. Um, so practice every single day um, to learn your sign language. And that's what I'm going to actually do over the summer. I'm going to engross myself in Makaton, and I'm just going to go online, learn YouTube clips, use the sheets that have been provided with me in my first my induction training to actually learn different words and signing. Refer to the behaviour plans um, put in place for students. Now, these behaviour plans are so important. Um, you have behaviour for support and behaviour for learning. So behaviour for learning is to support the child in this classroom to help them access the content so they can learn. Um, behaviour for support uh, is where you're supporting students that have um, behaviour, not behaviour issues, but struggle behaviour and that's their way of communication, and you're trying to support them in reducing the triggers. Um, so follow those behaviour plans. And I'm still learning about behaviour plans myself because I've been in the job now for a year. Um, but while your students have behaviour plans, make sure you learn, make sure you look over them and use them because they're there to support the students. They're there to reduce the triggers that help them access the content and help them to self-regulate. No question is too silly a question. So um, if you have questions, ask don't struggle your way through now at the beginning i didn't ask enough questions i was struggling and panicking and trying to work my way through it um and i thought you know what no i don't know i need to ask so i started asking more questions um and as a result i felt more confident so ask as many questions as you need to ask find the staff that can help you speak to your colleagues um speak to your support staff tas are brilliant they know the students really really well um, and especially teachers that have worked there for years, they know the students, they know what works, they've seen other teachers do things, so ask them for their advice and support as well. Now, the biggest thing I've found um, is struggling, well, the biggest struggle I've had um, is to do with resources. Trying to find resources and put together resources that, um, to help me, because when I started, I had to find my own resources for some functional skills in English and maths. Um, I had to go through the spec and basically look at the criteria and find, go online and try and find the main resources I could to help me. I managed to find resources. So um, at the bottom of this video, there'll be some links to websites that I've used that you could use for functional skills in English and maths that have been really good for me. Um, but I would definitely suggest create a Google Drive, uh, sorry, a Google folder in the shared drive. For the subjects that you teach and put everything in there because collaboration is so important in our teaching profession because without collaboration we're just reinventing the wheel every single time every single year when it comes to teaching a subject or teaching a class when if we create a google folder a google drive and a shared drive shared folder where everyone can access then we're supporting each other we're helping each other with our workload our time management and um, so use Google Drive and upload as much as you can to there um, because we are resourceful, yes we are, and we should look to our staff to collaborate with each other because like, like, if you're in my position, you've already start, you've started teaching at SEN school um, or even in a secondary school and you've got a class with a number of VHCPs, a number of students with um, SCN needs, you need to be able to collaborate with staff that have been there and have had the experience with working with those students so that you can give the students the best lessons that you can give them. Now, I, yeah, like I said, I found it really difficult to teach subjects that I had no experience in. Yes, I covered lessons in English and maths at my mainstream school over the years, 
Um, I had one year send maths class I shared with somebody and I taught them once every two weeks. Um, but <laughs> that's not the same, having only teaching once and every now and then. I had very little subject knowledge um, for functional skills, English and maths. And actually, to this day, my, well not to this day, a year on, my maths has actually improved and I'm able to do things that I couldn't do before um, because I was never good at maths. But having to teach it up to level one, functional skills level one, um, where I would have looked at a paper before and gone, I wouldn't know how to answer some of those questions. Now I can. So it, it's, you do develop your skills and improve yourself. Um, but I had to engross myself in it. I had to look, like I said, for websites regularly, trying to find the best web links, the best, best websites to use um, to help me. Even YouTube, I was watching YouTube clips. <laughs> they can teach me um, about things like having to work out the area when you've got two rectangles and one, trying to work out the area of one of those rectangles out of, like having to work out, take out the, having to work out the bigger area rather than the little area in the middle and how to do that. I didn't know how to do that before. Percentage increases, 5, 10%, 15%, sounds easy, but I didn't know how to do that before. Um, I even forgot my probability. So it did teach me a lot finding YouTube clips, watching YouTube clips, going on websites, finding loads of resources. Um, and that improved my understanding and therefore it helped my students because I was better at delivering the content to them. So what I've improved on from being a mainstream teacher to an SEM class teacher, a year on um, is spotting the triggers. Um, I've gotten better at spotting the triggers and reducing the likelihood of my students going into crisis. So I've got a better understanding of their needs, better understanding of what can trigger um, certain behaviour um, and how to deal with those. So in a mainstream setting, if a student swears at you, lashes out, breaks something, you follow the behaviour plan. Okay, you send them to seclusion, for example, they get excluded and um, you have parental meetings. But that's not the same. It's not the same in an SCN setting. Um, because now when that happens, my, fir my first thought is, what is my student trying to tell me? Like, what do they need help with? That is what I'm thinking now. Um, because behaviour is a form of communication, which is why it's so sad that there are so many students with um, SCN needs in mainstream education that just end up in seclusion. They end up segregated in a room because they've misbehaved in a lesson. But that misbehaviour is their way of communicating. They, they need help with something. They're struggling with something. Um, so that's something that I've learned massively working in an SCM provision. And now I see how so many kids in mainstream schools that have specific needs fall through the net um, and don't get the education that they deserve because um, mainstream schools may struggle to understand and deal with those sorts of situations or teachers just don't have the training that they need, and that's not their fault. Um, giving students choices over consequences. I know that's another thing that I've learned, because in mainstream I was very much, right, well, this is the consequence, so <laughs> that's what's going to happen. And I used to say to them, like, if a kid misbehaves, I said, well, this is your consequence. Or I'd say to them, well, doing that, you're going to, this is what's going to happen. But now I'm more about choices, and I provide them with the positive choice um, as a result of good behaviour, rather than what well, is the consequence of your actions. So they get to choose and that helps them with their decision making and their problem solving skills. Use of visual timetables. 
with images to help students know what's coming next and using now and then boards. Um, because that's something that can really trigger students that have specific learning needs and profound learning needs. So it's really important that they're aware of what's going to happen in your lesson. They're aware of what's going to happen during the day, what lessons are coming when, for example. Um, and what they're doing in the lesson. Now you're doing this and then you're going to be doing this. We're, look, we're going to be looking at this later on. So they're aware of what's going to the plan, the schedule of the day. Because even the staff, we don't like not knowing what's going to happen. Like we have to have a schedule so that we know exactly what's going to happen next. Because even that causes anxiety for us when we're not aware of what's coming next. Um, I've improved in my ability to plan and teach a variety of different needs. So when I first started, I literally was doing the opposite of, of adaptive teaching, I was planning 12 lessons, okay, six lessons for one. So I was planning so many different resources, different activities for my students that range from entry level one all the way up to level one, level two for maths or English. Um, and that was hard. That was really hard. Um, I've gotten better now not doing that so much. Yes, the content is still different when it comes to level one, level two, compared to entry level three, two and one. So sometimes there isn't a crossover. And sometimes I have to plan separate activities um, for my level ones and twos compared to my entry levels. Um, however, more often now, I streamline. So I find, I, I cover content that um, falls in within the different entry levels. And even level one, level two, um, it may be a foundation, for example. So... Um, decimal places, order and comparing decimals for entry level 1 to 2 in maths, whereas level 1s, oh, sorry, entry level 1, 2 and 3 in maths, whereas level 1s are looking more at um, rounding to whole numbers, first decimal, second decimal. So, approximately by rounding. So they're still doing decimals, even though I'm teaching separate things within that content. Um, whereas before I'd have to, I'd be covering so many different things, and the content wouldn't be the same, or wouldn't flow from entry level 1 all the way up to level 2, if that makes sense. Um, so I was planning lots of different lessons in one. So I've gotten better at not doing that so much now. My understanding of EHCPs, healthcare plans and provision plans, um, has improved. When I started, I thought an EHCP, I thought an EHCP was an HCP. I didn't know the difference. But now that an education, now I know that an EHCP, an educational healthcare plan, is to do with the child as a whole and what their strengths and weaknesses are, what they struggle with, what they need more support with, how we can do that in schools. Um, and it includes the council, um, sorry, yeah, well, yeah, the council as well as school and the parents, it's this whole community together to support the child. Whereas the ACP um, is a healthcare plan um, and it's to do with the medical needs of the child and um, specific steps you have to take um, to support that child if there's a, a medical emergency, for example. Um, and provision plan targets. Um, and how everything you do in lessons, everything you plan in lessons um, to, and deliver to the student should be based around the provision targets and you helping those students to achieve those targets um, within their provision plan. My confidence has improved a lot in terms of dealing with medical needs. So I've had quite a lot of training on a number of different medical needs um, which has been so beneficial, I'm so grateful for. Um, and as a result of that, I'm a lot more confident when it comes to dealing with um, certain medical needs. At the start, I was worried, I was scared when things happened, I didn't know what to do, and I had to support about the staff, of course. Um, but now, year on, I'm 
got much more experience, much more confidence in supporting students um, with medical needs. I've got better understanding of specific learning needs, such as autism, um, and an understanding and awareness now of how important it is to make the content that you teach in your lesson relevant and as real life as possible to students that have autism, um, to help them access the content, to help them access and learn um, in the lessons, so they engage better in the lesson, um, as well as making students aware of what's going to happen next and doing it in good time to reduce anxiety levels. Um, so it's really important when you teach the students with specific learning needs with autism to make the learning relevant to them. Okay, make the content real life as possible to them so that they can engage with it a lot more and then therefore progress and make progress in your lessons. Um, now, something I also did at, in mainstream anyway um, is to not correct directly correct students making literacy errors. Um, so, for example, back in there, I remember in mainstream education, um, I'd hear kids all the time saying, I catch the ball rather than I caught the ball. And I'll go, oh, well done, you caught the ball. And I do that now a lot more, I think. Um, because it's really important not to pinpoint and to say to them, no, it's not catched, it's caught. Don't make it an obvious thing. Just repeat it back to them, but with the correct term. Um, so you don't affect their anxiety, affect their confidence and self-belief, really. And I've also gotten better at supporting students to help them self-regulate um, when it comes to their emotions. Um, and for example, in mainstream education, a, kid walk, a student walks out of your lesson, no one can go out and go and get them. You just have to contact your SLT, for example, if you've got specific behaviour policy, um, for them to go and pick those that child up. Whereas now I know that it's really important that the behaviours mean something. So that child has been picked up and going to include, and that's it, you don't talk to them, nothing happens after that. That, there's no point to that, it doesn't really support the, that student. Um, so now I know a bit more about how to support students to help them self-regulate. So if a student does walk off and something happens in a lesson, then I always make sure a member of staff goes to support them and to help them, whether it's myself or one of my TAs, to help and support that student, to help them self-regulate their emotion, um, and they can better engage in the lesson, um, and they can best self-regulate when it comes to um, difficulties and triggers. I changed the way I taught completely <laughs> because I couldn't teach the way I used to. You can't teach the way that you um, teach in mainstream education. Now, um, in my mainstream school, it was all about effective questioning, inclusive questioning, which was brilliant in mainstream. Um, you can effectively um, act, um, incorporate questions within your lessons so that every student is active in your lesson and engaged in your lesson. Um, now, in my SEN school now as an SEN class teacher, I don't do that so much. I still use inclusive questioning from time to time to support my students in lessons, um, the ones that are more able. However, too many questions and too much probing can actually trigger a student and that can cause anxiety. Um, so rather than picking on students and asking them for an answer in a class using inclusive questioning, um, I'll do it more delicately. So um, I may get them to work in a group 
instead go over to them and ask them questions in their little groups and get answers from them in their little groups. And when I discuss it as a class, I'll say, well, so-and-so said this, well done, so that's a very excellent answer. Um, because that way you're not making them feel anxious or um, treating them anyway because you're not pinpointing them specifically as a whole class um, within the whole group. And I think that's something that we do need to be mindful in mainstream schools as well. Um, because sometimes questioning students publicly in a class um, when they may have specific anxiety or specific needs um, can make them feel self-conscious and that can then make them um, disengage from your lessons. And another thing that I learned was that I need to teach at a, at a slower pace. Um, and that, I struggle with that because I'm very, I'm very go, go, go. As a PE teacher, I like to go, I like to be on the go. <laughs> and that was me. I, I just kept going my lessons and I upped the pace. Um, and that's how I taught. But I've learned that I need to slow down. Yes, I still show my personality. Yes, I'm still bubbly um, and happy and I make jokes. Um, sometimes they laugh at me or laugh with me. Um, so it's still important to show your personality. Um, but we need to be mindful of the pace in our lessons and how we deliver our lessons. So I'm very much, um, I like to use my hands. I talk with my hands. Of course I do. <laughs> and of course when I learn my sign language I can do that more with my sign language um, but try not to move around so much in the lesson because that can cause anxiety that can trigger students that can um, cause them to disengage from their lesson it's not their fault um, we just need to adjust how we deliver our lessons to support our students um, so that they can engage in their lessons and make progress now I am still learning I am. I've only been an SN class teacher for a year, so I'm definitely still learning, um, which is why I want to produce content for students, but for, sorry, for training teachers and early careers teachers, to support you, and whether you're in mainstream or SCN setting, to help you to plan and deliver lessons to support your students with SCN and even with EAL, and I'll deliver content on EAL, um, where I have a student in year 12 who didn't speak a word of English who joined my class when I was back in mainstream. Um, because it's really important to give as much support out there to train teachers and early careers teachers, especially with students um, teaching lessons, delivering lessons to students with specific um, learning difficulties, to help support them so they can access the content and progress in lesson and make progress in your lessons. <laughs>